0: Domixon Episode Fifty Seven. Okay, so today's episode I feel like is a great conversation. Um, it's very timely. We're just wrapping up Pride Month because we're now we're in uh, July, and um, I had the idea of why don't I interview someone that I feel like can give us a lot of good insight on how to be an ally to LGBTQ plus youth. So I have Cynthia Ficken, Cynthia L. Ficken, who um, is a licensed marriage and family therapist, and she specializes in children's and teens and their families, and she just knows her stuff. And I've worked with her in the past, and I just learned so much from her over the years. And she's one of those people that, after working with her, I still call her um, if I have some kind of case or something that I'm kind of like not sure what direction to go. And she just always has, the right thing to say, and and we'll be direct, right, and just tell you what you you need to hear and what you need to do. So we're excited to have her. And then at the end of this show, I'm going to talk about Los Angeles Youth Network. Um, one of my like first experiences working with LGBTQ plus youth was with the Los Angeles Youth Network. So now it's called Youth Emerging Stronger, but it was a shelter in um, like the Hollywood area. So. Uh, We'll talk about that at the end and how you can donate um, to that organization. So, all right, let's go ahead and get into it. All right, so today we have a special guest. I've been trying to bring more guests that will, you know, give you more insight into different topics. And today we have Cynthia L. Ficken. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist. She specializes in teens and children and their families. And we're going to go ahead and just get into, you know, how do you support um, LGBTQ plus youth? And she's great, has great insight and experience and has taught me a lot. So I thought she'd be somebody we should have a conversation with. So, so Cindy, so why don't we go ahead and start, um, briefly talk about your background and training? Yeah, thank you.
1: And I, um, I'm excited to be on your podcast, especially because we're um, just ending, um, you know, Pride Month. So um, it's a very yes. exciting time. So this is, um, so thank you for having me. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I got very interested in this population when I was in grad school. I had an experience there, I think is probably one of those, um, you know, affinity, life-changing moments. And it really was, um, I think, all budding um, MFT students go in thinking that they are just um, very unbiased and that they Mm -hmm. will take take in any kind of um, feedback and understanding. I think um, being in that class, they actually had us all sit down um, and then they had us close our eyes and they took us through an imagery exercise. Mm -hmm. And and in that exercise, they had us imagine being, um, you know, waking up one morning as a youth, and walking out to the living room and seeing your parents, and they were same sex. Okay. And thinking, wow, you know, that doesn't make sense to me. That doesn't feel right to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, you turn on the TV and you see you're watching a soap opera, something comes up, and you see the same sex, and the family's together, everybody's happy, um, they're going out and shopping for wedding dresses and, you know, other things like that. And just the community, you go out in your community, you go to the stores. um, And especially as you get older into your teen years, you're thinking there's just got to be something
0: wrong with me. Why do I not feel Mm -hmm. this way? Yeah. So it's like basically putting you in um, the shoes of a youth that it's experiencing that and then exploring how you feel about that instead of just like talking about it.
1: Yeah. And I think it's, um, I think right now what we could use is just some more education and understanding and understanding that that particular youth did not wake up one day and say, I want to be different. Right. Um, but, but they have struggled with this internal, you know, kind of confusion for many part of their life, trying to make sense of it. And then how do I assimilate?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. So, um, so, for me, I, I got into, um, working with the youth population cause I felt like that was a place I could really make a difference. And I felt yeah. had some more increased understanding. Um, so I've worked approximately 15 years, um, in this, in the school setting, working mm-hmm. with, um, youth with anything from depression, anxiety to, um, you know, gender identities and, um, you know, even with autism, right. Um, so understanding, you know, special needs is an area that I, um, I'm passionate about.
0: And yeah, and it's already been 15 years that you've been working in the school. It's crazy. Yeah, yeah. So, I, so for the listeners who don't know, um, Cindy and I work together, but I don't work at the same place she works um, now. But yeah, it's crazy. It's already been that long. Okay. <laughs>
1: like, no, I, you know, I did my internship hours at another district. So I think yeah. that's what I'm, so yeah, it's been
0: a while already. It has
1: been, yeah. yeah. No, it's exciting. Um, mm-hmm. And and I worked three years um, for a psychiatric hospital in their outpatient services, working again with teens right. and with children, and going, you know, working with chemical dependency um, and a variety of depression, and you know, coming off of uh, suicidal attempts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I have experience in working with this population, and really enjoy it.
0: Yeah. And you just have the range, right? So you have youth in crisis and youth that are doing the work, you know, so it's, it's, uh, you have seen a variety of situations.
1: Um,
0: So, okay, so let's talk about the work you've done with LGBTQ youth in like crisis with families, parents, that sort of thing, a little bit more. And if you want to share a story, you can, Um, you know, whatever you feel would, you know, kind of capture your experience with them.
1: Yeah, I think it's important to understand that this um these youth are really kind of um they're they're working through this turmoil and confusion all the time mm-hmm. and don't know how so it's like they're walking around again, going back to the imagery exercise, they're walking around seeing how do I fit with this in a time of you know, where we want to not only individuate, but we wanna assimilate. And so right. and then they're you know they are listening to, you know, all the derogatory remarks and bullying that comes across. And they see that with, um, you know, students and fellow peers that appear to be kind of coming out with that and it, Mm. it, and it doesn't look safe. So having said that a lot of what I get initially are kids with, um, depression, suicide, ideation, Mm, substance abuse, school refusal, and being bullied before I even get to the factor. What is the bottom? What, 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 why don't you love yourself?
0: So that's a good point. So you're getting like the tip of the iceberg and that's probably how a referral comes to you because some of the behaviors and things that are happening, and then you get down to what is going on, what's creating this discomfort, you know, for this student. Absolutely. And so, you know, um,
1: creating a safe nonjudgmental environment for which they can express their confusion or guilt or their shame mm-hmm. or self hatred is really important for not only the clinician, but for a peer family member, just to, you know, create that safe spot to try to really understand and try to reach a level of acceptance. Mm-hmm. It, and so, so that the, that the team can come out and let me, let me experience, let me, let me show you my experience. Let me, let me tell you about me.
0: Yeah. let me tell you my story. Right. Right. Um, go ahead. Okay. Well, I was going to say, you know, and then like, I remember you working with, with parents and um, who were at kind of different stages of understanding right. um, and accepting what, you know, what's going on with their youth Um talk about, maybe talk about that and like how you kind of work with them because it's different. Um, you yeah. know, so, yeah, go ahead. It sure is.
1: Um, again, you know, you create that self, self, you know, that non-judgmental environment, and then you want to make sure that you really understand um, their particular situation, um, right? Because you don't want to assume that you're going to be walking into a battlefield with a family. You you want to understand mm, okay. where they're coming from, their family's perspective, um, and just their unique experience. And, and what do they mm-hmm. want to share? What, do they, what would they like you to do with this? And how would they like you to proceed? Um, it's really important not to um, kind of impose our own viewpoints or, or our own maybe, you know, battles mm-hmm. or what we, would like to, we would, what we would like to see
0: accomplished. And almost um, like you don't want to, like, it sounds like you don't want to impose, like, how quickly you want them to maybe process and work towards having a healthy relationship with their youth. Like, you can't accelerate that. Like it has to be something that happens through the process of working with you is what it sounds like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think you just want to make sure that, you know, when you approach the family situation um, after talking to your youth and and kind of getting an idea of where he's at, where he thinks the process and how he thinks his parents will react is to really go into that situation with the parents and understand and empathize with them. Right. Uh, Come from a place of understanding their
0: perspective. Yeah, yeah. So, so what we'll do right now, we're gonna take a quick break, and then when I come back, when we come back, I want to talk a bit more about families and when you have families that are really struggling, um, but also what are the challenges you think LGBTQ plus youth face most. So, we're gonna go ahead, take a break, and then we'll be right back. Okay. All right. So we're back, and um, we're gonna continue our conversation. So what I was talking about right before the break and what you were you know, explaining was um, you were talking about family. And so I'm, I'm sure there's family members that have been unsupportive. There have been times where you've kind of hit a wall with some families. How do you approach those cases?
1: Yeah, it's um, it's difficult. Again, I think um, I can't emphasize enough. Just really listening to your youth and understanding where they perceive the roadblocks will be, so you're educated before going in. It might mm-hmm. be just you know years of um perception, you know, because of our societal perception of you know of the LGBTQ community, or it right. could be okay. it could be a, a religious standpoint. So just really understanding where they're coming from before you go
0: in. Okay. Um, so I think so that's do- important. And do you, sorry, like cut you off. Go ahead. Uh, I'm trying to remember like being in meetings with you. Would you um, sometimes maybe with families be like, okay, can you live with this? Like, how about we try, like, this is where we can be, meet the student at. Do you, do you do that with, with parents sometimes? Like, how about we just start with this um, as a way to kind of build a bridge with them? Yeah, no, I think that's important too. You know, just helping them get to
1: some, you know, steps of acceptance Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so we're not going to just go, you know, drop them off on a date with their, their, say some same sex couple, but just, um, can we just, just, can we start dialogue?
0: Um, Yeah. Can we,
1: can we hear from the student, you know, can we try to understand that they're not coming from a place of wanting to be oppositional? You'd be surprised at how many families just think because they don't want to deal with it because of deal with it because of their own fears, Mm -hmm. they look at it as oh, he's just being oppositional. He just wants to make me mad.
0: Yeah. 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 And so you're just trying to like get him off of that. Cause that's not, there's not a lot of solutions that can come from that.
1: Yeah. And I think the uh, other thing to be yeah. important is the, um, that parents love their children. And, right. and the first thing that comes to mind when they find out about this or, you know, are exploring this with their child is un- they understand what the struggle looks like. And, just as a two-year-old, you know, when we skin our knee, the parents feels for their, their child and wants to cuddle them and console mm-hmm. them, they know that's going to be a lifelong struggle for them um, because it's still socially not as acceptable as we'd like it to be.
0: Right. You know, and you and I have talked, like, we're living in an area or part of the country that's more progressive because we're in California. Right. Um, and it's still a long way to go, but there's th- things that we've seen here that Um, I think compared to when you and I started working together that have um, evolved and progressed in the state for LGBTQ youth and just even like the awareness of like suicide rates and, and the Trevor project and things like that.
1: Yes. Uh, Yes. I mean, there's been, um, you know, in the schools now, they have the gender, you know, a gender neutral bathroom, or you can, with whatever gender you identify with, you can go to that restroom if they don't right. have a gender neutral bathroom and same with locker rooms. Yeah. So, yeah. So that's been a big step for us. Yeah.
0: So let's talk about, you know, um so you've been working with youth, right. That are LGBTQ plus, what would you say kind of like the, the biggest challenges they face or the challenges they face most?
1: You know, I think they're um, just, again, not enough education, not enough self-acceptance of their Mm -hmm. own, you know, how they fit in, who am I, will I be loved? Um, Also, just the harassment and bullying is still very
0: prevalent. Yeah, unfortunately, right? You would think that it'd be, I feel like I see my daughter or high school students in there more inclusive, but there's still some things that happen where you're like, oh, really? Okay. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. They just
1: They get harassed and bullied because, let's face it, you know kids do things to fit in. So if I'm the one who brings it up and I make you laugh because I said that, um, but they're not aware of what it's doing to the other person.
0: Yeah. Um, So just you
1: know overcoming the struggles of loving themselves and accepting themselves. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Uh, You know, um, and that that helps with um, community support, community education, understanding Mm -hmm. family support, peer support. Um, So um, they perceive there's a lack of support.
0: And they don't, okay. know who
1: is, they don't know who to trust. Who can I go tell? Right. Um, so I think that's their struggle. I don't know where to go with this.
0: Yeah. Now, what about, um, you know, what's something from your work that has stood out to you? Like, what's something you didn't expect that you would learn from working with um, LGBTQ plus youth?
1: Um, I think really understanding... Their strength and their ability to cope day to day with this turmoil,
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: kind of like walking around living with this mask over their face, right? Um, So, I think that, um, I know in talking to any of them, they just have this burning desire to be accepted and loved and understood, just like all of us,
0: yeah, like all, yeah, like everybody. It's not Mm -hmm. unique to a certain population, and like you and I talked, like. You also said, don't assume you know their struggle, right? You don't assume you know their story. Just like any kind of marginalized community, you got to get to know their story and go from there.
1: No, absolutely. And again, they are just like any other marginalized community. And they they just want to be loved. They want to be accepted by their family, their peers. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's just important that, um, you know, we do what we can to try to listen to their stories, understand them. um, Yeah. And not, um, you know, not impose our own judgment or biases on them.
0: Right, right. Now, um, one of my last questions would be, what's one thing you think that uh, a youth that's LGBTQ plus would want someone else to know? Like, what would be something that would be helpful in terms of being like a positive ally? Um, I think it just, I really think when I've worked with this population, I could see them
1: saying, um, that they want you to know that they're not making this choice to be different or oppositional okay. or I just I'm just doing this because I want to I want attention today. Right. Um, yeah. Because nobody would choose this. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just too difficult. Um, And they want to know. And again, like I said before, they really want to be loved and understood and accepted by you.
0: Hmm. Yeah. Just so- like any of us. Yeah. So it'd be just, just listening, right. Might be helpful um, for being an ally or, you know, um, and just maybe like not assuming is what it sounds like too.
1: Yeah. not assuming that you understand what they're going through um, right. and not assuming that you um, understand how it's impacted them. Also under, you know, looking at your youth, if you feel that they're depressed or they're anxious, um, don't assume that you know what that's about. There's so mm. many things. There's so many right. things it could be about. Right. You know, it could be about yes. anything. Yes, <laughs> there's, there's layers of things. Yeah. Um, but please go get them help. Right. Yeah. They need, they need to create that safe space so that they can love and accept themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, you know, there's so many um, organizations and um, groups within the community being active in it, you know, educating people. If right. you can get a platform to do that or um, encouraging youth to become part of a support group is always good Mm -hmm. because then they, again, it's just working towards loving, accepting of yourself.
0: Right. And I wanted to, what I'll do on the show notes, I was going to put a link for the Los Angeles youth network. Uh, It's a shelter I worked at like over 20 years ago that was in Hollywood over by sunset. And a lot of the youth we serve were LGBTQ uh, plus youth that had run away and just um, so they're now called Youth Emergency or Youth Emerging Stronger, but I'll put the link there so people can donate to that. But I think, yeah, just find different places to donate to support, and then if you have a youth in your life that's LGBTQ plus, just being, a you know, holding space for them, and and again, like if you said, just kind of listening to to find out their story,
1: exactly, and and then just try to, you know, get them encourage them that to get some help so that they can really mm. kind of explore this. Um, I think that so many times we take this on and it might be bigger than, than some of us. So it's you know, right. getting, okay. getting them connected to the right support groups and the right people to kind of help them, um, get to that place of self-love.
0: Yeah. That sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for your time and having this conversation. I know that this will definitely be something that, um, others will benefit from hearing. Um, thank yeah. You. Yeah. Thank you yeah, for your I time. Enjoyed it. Thank, yeah. Thank you for having me. All right. Okay. So such a great conversation, such an important topic. And I feel like what just really stood out to me is just how she said, you know, like LB, LGBT, LGBTQ youth are looking for that acceptance and love that we all want. And just, um, you know, really trying to build that understanding. And that's, a free way. It's not, you know, hard. It doesn't cost money to be a good ally by doing that. And um, like I had mentioned in the beginning, I'm going to put in the show notes Los Angeles Youth, Youth Network, which is what is was, was L A Y N, and now it's um, called Youth Emerging Stronger. That organization that I worked at like I think 20 years ago or 24 years ago and was one of my first experiences serving LGBTQ plus youth. I learned so much and they used to do a lot of great work. So I'm going to have uh, the link for them for you to donate in the show notes and it'll also be in the blog. And I hope you um, enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. Like what you're hearing? Go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. You can also share the podcast on Instagram and tag me at LiveByViv. As far as my music, it's The Croft by Joachim Karud. And everything we talked about in this episode can be found in the show notes on livebyviv.com. Okay, and remember, don't mix in because you don't need to.